Hey, Brian. Hey, Rick. Shooter McGavin here on a Masters Weekend, day two. Wow. So I heard your From the Tips podcast is kind of badass. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of From the Tips. It is me, your boy, Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-host, Rick Landis. How we doing? Good buddy. We are two days removed from our flights to Florida. Uh, don't even talk about it. I'm like, work today was so slow. Painful. Um, Painful. And there's still three more of those that I have Wait. to go through, uh-huh. which is a huge problem because I don't want to. Yeah, going to work right now is completely uh, brutal. Uh, today at work was just, it was tough today too because I was the only one at the office because all the all my other coworkers have to travel much farther than than I do, and okay. uh, they had uh, air conditioning construction going on in the building. <laughs> um, so everybody was like, "Oh, I don't really want to go into the office while that's going on," but I I didn't really have an excuse because I live so close, so. Fair. That was happening all all day, which kind of kind of sucked a little bit, but also just the fact of knowing that your vacation's right around the corner, and you can't make time move any faster. It just it makes a drag, and like I think I'm like really regretting working on Thursday. I think that's my one of my biggest issues right now is the fact that I decided that I'm gonna work all day on Thursday because that that's just gonna be the slowest day of all time. Uh huh. Yeah. The fact that I have to go to work all day and then catch a flight at like five thirty to come yeah, down. That's, that's gonna be a tough one for you. Yeah. So not looking forward to that, but you know, things happen. Um it's happening. We're going on a golf trip. Yeah. Hopefully it goes well. We'll see what happens. Not just any golf trip, but the hack across America tour golf trip. Um Pretty much the biggest thing for our year, uh, you know, some would say it's uh, right alongside Ryder Cup status as far as popularity is concerned. And, you know, you know, we're working on television contracts as we speak, you know, so we're, we'll, yeah. we'll get there so you guys can watch it. Now, uh, it's going to be a real fun trip. Um, I have never golfed in Florida. Rick has. So once we get to the end of the episode, we'll uh, we're going to talk about the golf trip. Uh at length and he'll explain to me what to expect out of florida golf um but first let's get into the nitty-gritty of the episode rick what do we have in sports history today i got a fun one here for you 1956 you may have heard of him roberto clemente i have in fact heard of him yes he set a pretty pretty impressive record uh that as far as this thing is telling me has never happened since. Yeah. The first and only is what this is telling me. Walk off inside the park. Grand slam. Oh, I've heard about this. Yes. That, that is at least the only time in recorded baseball history that's ever happened. That's insane. That's crazy. I, uh, how do you let that happen? Like, I, I kind of want to see that play. Cause like, how does, as a defense, do you let that happen? Uh, inside the park. I gotta see because if it was at Polo Grounds, it makes a lot of sense because you gotta look up how that ballpark was constructed. It was an absolute madhouse. Where was this? Uh, what ballpark? Because if it was like a reasonably shaped ballpark, then fine. Um, let's see here. Ballpark. But there's um there's some baseball stadiums you know back then that were just so egregiously shaped, um uh-huh. like Polo Grounds that that kind of thing could completely happen. Okay. Um. Now it looks like it was. So it was over the Chicago Cubs. And I'm trying to see if it was at Wrigley. It looks like it was just at Wrigley Field, which isn't like a 
oddly shaped baseball stadium by any means. So yeah, that's wild that a defense could let that happen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this really I, just, I don't the, understand like how inning. how you let that happen. No, I. I mean, obviously something must have happened or the ball must have gotten lost or something along those lines. But that, yeah, that is a cool little thing in uh, in history right there, for sure. And um, the only other one, because that, that's just like so impressive. There's not really anything that's going to keep up with that, except for the fact that in 2004, we had the 91st Tour de France. Ooh. You might have heard of that. It's a big bike race. Tour de France. Uh, and... There was no winner this year. Now, you may be wondering, how did that happen? How can there be I no am wondering winner? that. Yes. I don't understand. Well, there's a man who goes by Lance Armstrong, and he was disqualified this year after he won. So ah, no this winner. was the year he got, the year he got <laughs> DQ'd, right? Uh, yeah, they, they, they got together, and they're like, look, we can't have a world where a man with only one testicle wins this race um that's the it's, reason it's that he got performance enhancing it's the only explanation. yeah you know that it was it totally wasn't because of the steroids or anything of that matter <laughs> just because he had the had the single one testicle that's yeah. what did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's aerodynamic advantage we all know that you know it's <laughs> <laughs> stupid i mean we were born at night not last night you know what i mean like, <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna pull the wool all over our eyes on that one um I, well i would have to say <laughs> what Pull the wool over our eyes. <laughs> never heard that. No, you've no, never like heard Midwest pull thing? the wool over our eyes. No, no, sounds like a Midwest thing. Is it? I don't know. I don't know about the originations of, of that one, but it does sound very. <laughs> uh, I would have to say there might be one more impressive. Um, it maybe not more impressive, but definitely close-ish to that, and that's um, taking a resounding lead at a major on Friday and turning that into a win while not breaking a sweat at all. When you have the likes of, Oh, I don't know. Uh, John Rahm and a Max Homa and a, and a Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, all sort Rory McIlroy, all sorts of fellas chasing you the whole way and holding them to, to win a major by six shots. And that would be arguably more athletic than Roberto Clemente. Brian Harmon. Um, my man is insane. Yeah. Fun fact about Brian Harmon. I was curious yesterday. I was with Tom yesterday. We were watching and we were talking. And out of curiosity, I looked it up. Brian Harmon is the second shortest golfer ever on the PGA Tour. Were you aware of that? I was not aware of this. Can you guess how tall the shortest person ever on the PGA Tour was? Well, Brian Harmon's what? Five, five? Five, seven. Five, seven? I'm going to guess five, five. Nope. Oh, stop. Five, one. You're kidding. <laughs> That's... It was like a teenager. So, like, it was like. Okay, well, that like, just feels was like, like kind of a cop out. Yeah, but I mean, he did play in a professional PGA Tour event, so it does count. But yeah, Brian Harmon, aside from that, is the shortest guy to ever play on the PGA Tour. I was curious because um, Gary Player is also very short, but he's like an inch or two taller than Brian Harmon. Well, I mean, that really goes to show you there's there's many, many sports where size does not matter. And golf is most certainly one of them. Uh, you can you can be five one. You can be six seven for all for all golf cares. It matters about how you shoot them that day. Um, but man. First of all, we could we could talk, you know, up and down the wall about how impressive it is to take a that big of a lead on Friday and turn that into um a victory, right? That's all fine and dandy, but the ability for a guy like Brian Harmon who had only ever won on tour twice before this and his last time was in 2017 almost 6 years ago, be able be able to turn that into a six-shot win over some of golf's best golfers because it's a major mm-hmm. and not folding is I think my takeaway, just his, his ability to stay calm at a very tough golf course uh, where the weather was unpredictable uh, and being able to just outplay some of, if not, I mean, not just, if not the best golfers in the world right now and doing it with 
what seemed like not even an effort, it almost felt effortless for him, you know? Yeah, he was everything was just going his way, it seemed like. Uh especially like if you watched like the last round, like he already had a five stroke lead going into the day. And it was one of those things where it was like, just don't mess up. That's literally all you have to do is just not mess up. And he was still like hitting really good, like not necessarily safe shots, just hitting them where they needed to go. Everything was just going his direction. And before I forget to bring it up, I would just like to point out that there are two podcast hosts who did happen to call last week that we probably were going to see a winner we weren't expecting this week. And arguably just as impressive as winning a major championship. Yeah, I would I would have to agree. Uh, I think <laughs> I think almost guessing the winner um, in a vague sense. And also... Vaguely guessing who was going to win and winning a professional major tournament. Pretty much, pretty much the same. Like you, like flip flops betting on the day. Really, <laughs> apples and oranges. You know what I mean? Apples and oranges. <laughs> Um, potato. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you you think it's winning a major. I think it's almost guessing the major winner. You know what I mean? It, it it's the same thing in my eyes. But but yeah, it was everything. definitely cool to see. And like you said, he hadn't won since 2017, so no one was expecting him to be in this position. And the thing that interested me the most was going into the final round. The leaderboard was weird. Mm-hmm. There was, like, one person that you would know. Like, Tom Kim was there, and there was one other person. I, I forget who it was. Maybe Emiliano Grillo. Sepp Straka. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. But, like, there's, like, maybe two or three people, like, on the leaderboard, like, where where they show it before commercial break, and there's, like, 15 guys on there. There was, like, three people, maybe, that were, like, oh, I know who those people are. And then, by the end of the day, we had Brian Harmon as the winner, Tom Kim, who's a young and up and coming guy, Sepp Straka, who won recently, Jason Day out of nowhere from the clouds. Jason Day just came came up and got a T two out of the deal, um, and then uh, Rory was in T six, played well, just a little bit too late. Max Homa was in the mix, like all these guys that we actually know. John Rahm was there at T two as well, made their way up the leaderboard, and it started to look like a major leaderboard which was nice. The only difference was Brian Harmon had an incredibly sizable lead on all of them. And you almost knew going into Sunday, like there's like 0% chance that this is a problem for him right now because the course is playing so tough. Lynx golf over in uh, Europe is like so different than anything that happens over here. So like going into Sunday with a five-stroke lead, it was just like, oh, this is just Brian Harmon's tournament. Like, I don't even really need to watch, but, like, it's also the Sunday of a major, so, like, I do need to watch. Yeah, and you you, you look at his round on Sunday, and I wouldn't call it volatile by any means. But at the same time, three bogeys, four birdies, he is still one under on the day, and that's all he had to do. Once you get a lead like that in a major situation, if you're Brian Harmon, especially, like you said, on a Lynx course, tough, tough weather conditions, et cetera, et cetera, all you have to do is stay calm enough Mm-hmm. To not implode. Yeah. That's exactly what he did. Um, yeah. you could argue he was the calmest guy out there as uh he waggled his golf club what felt like oh my gosh, an immense amount of times before every golf shot. So if you were watching the uh the, the coverage, uh the NBC coverage of Sunday, they did a waggle counter um on Every time that he was on the screen, they had a waggle counter and then they would do other things. So they had um <laughs> they had the waggle counter for each golf shot. Uh by by the rate on this one, he was at for the entire tournament, he was at over five thousand eight hundred waggles. That's he wasn't, so many. He wasn't done yet for, for the tournament. And, <laughs> and it said above that, it said pre-shot waggled movie run times. This is the amount of time <laughs> a movie could have started and concluded amongst the amount of waggles that he's that he's taken. Uh, the first one, uh, the Titanic. Oh, God, that's a three hours one. and 18 minutes. Uh, the Godfather part two at three hours and 20 minutes. Um, it would list off a couple more and then here's even the worst part. So it would get to like, you know, pre waggle, like 50, 53, something like that. And once 
he hit the golf shot confetti would would <laughs> just were just in the corner over the this was an official NBC broadcast and they were they were doing this stuff yeah I look I've, I've looked on Twitter I've like been following it there were some people that absolutely hated it they were like you were making a mockery of the game you were making a mockery of a major this is a historic course at Royal Liverpool have some respect this is a man trying to win his third ever PGA Tour victory and his first ever major to become a major winner stop putting disrespect on his name and then there's other people like me who were like this might be some of the funniest things I have ever read on a Sunday when a guy has an astronomical lead that is arguably making watching this a little boring, right? At least add some excitement into this, right? If there's anything we could take away, it's he waggles the golf club a lot before every shot, okay? We all know it. We all see it. We've all probably talked about it by now. Why don't poke a little fun at it? You know what I mean? How do you feel about it? Do you do you, do you hate it, like it, indifferent? I mean, I'm, I was I was just watching uh, a clip on Twitter because I wanted to see the confetti because I didn't see any of the confetti that you were talking about, um, and I, <laughs> I didn't get the right clip. It doesn't look like. Oh, yeah. But on the one hole, he literally waggled the club thirteen times before he swung the the club. Like Are that's you, yeah, just an absurd amount of times to waggle the golf club. And that's when he didn't reset. At one point, at some of his shots where he had to reset due to wind or. Or whatever he'd be at like 50, 55. There's <laughs> an intense amount of waggle. Um, That's I just insane. I just sent you though the one video where it's uh, where confetti happens. Okay. It's like, you, how do you feel about just that kind of like almost like a meme, a live meme happening, uh, during Sunday of a major? Well, let me let me answer your question with a question. I love it when you do that. Do we need a shot clock? Do we need- <laughs> maybe instead of a shot clock, it is a waggle counter. You get five waggles maximum per golf shot. That is it. Uh, well, I think a lot of people have talked about the implementation of a possible shot clock. I mean, we were talking about this earlier in the season when um who was it? It was was it Patrick Cantlay that had the the time yeah. issues? Yeah, yep. that we were talking about it then. Um I know that it was brought up by Brooks Kepka, some other guys, but you know, BK was the one that was kind of the top there uh, talking about it, but the, how, <laughs> yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. So, it's funny. so good. Um, <laughs> it's, and it's the movies, you know, that, that one, that yeah. actually made me laugh out loud. Like I saw it and I went, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's that kind of stuff that I kind of appreciated, but at the same time, back to, back to your question there, I don't think a shot clock is necessary or should be implemented. And and here's kind of my reasoning is that these guys are professionals, right? They take what they do very seriously. And as we know, the margin of error between golf professionals is incredibly slim, especially if we're talking about the top 10. I mean, these guys are just, just one shot, two shots in an entire tournament away from moving past each other in FedEx cup points, et cetera, et cetera, moving yeah. over top of one another in, in official world golf rankings. The, the margins between these guys are so small. Any advantage you can get is an advantage. Right. Yeah. And now I'm not saying that like Patrick Cantlay was, you know, using his time spent golfing strategically by any means, but he's pouring himself into every golf shot. He's analyzing every single golf shot. He's trying to make sure that, he and his caddy both agree on the shot shape, uh, the club that's getting used, uh, how he wants to flight the ball, where he wants to land the ball. Um, and when you put a shot clock on a golfer, say it's Sunday at the Masters, and you have a showdown between an aging Tiger Woods that has somehow found life in his body somewhere, and like Scotty Scheffler, right? And you're like, this, this is the coolest... Sunday final of the Masters, maybe ever, because I love both of these golfers. And Tiger gets a shot clock violation on the 18th, and they're tied. Okay, let me put it. Let me. You know let me mean? rephrase it then. Sure. Because uh, shot clock was just kind of the one that I felt applied the most, but right. I was thinking of it more in the sense of a pitch clock. Sure. Where, like. Once you approach the ball is when you have a certain amount of time to hit it. Like I totally understand Cantlay's perspective with the 
You need to make sure you're hitting the right shot to the right spot, all that stuff. But once you approach the ball, all of that stuff should be figured out. There's no reason that you need to stand over the ball for another minute or two. And I get it. I'm not a professional. There's probably some super golf nerds out there looking at this and analyzing every single waggle and seeing how they can implement it into their game and make themselves better. And you got, you got, Cla- you got Clarence on his way to his local club, just white knuckling his steering wheel going, yeah, he must analyze. He must. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, I'm calling bullshit because there's no reason that, you need to waggle that much. No. Like I said, you should have all of that figured out by the time you get over the ball. And you're a professional golfer. You should be able to hit the ball in a reasonable amount of time once you approach the ball. Right. And not also, only that- also, a lot of people change what they do based on how they see professionals play. Right. And we don't need an all-out turf war at our local munis no. because people saw Brian Harmon doing 52 waggles before his shot and decided uh, that must be why he's good. Let me do that. I'm going to start. It's not going to end well. If I see any of you on the golf trip, I mean any of you, maybe like more than three or four waggles. I'm I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wait till after the golf shot. Cause I have respect. I'm looking in the eyes and go, what the fuck are we doing? Stay I'm not, I'm back. not doing this all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get ahead of it on hole one. I'm going to be like, we can't, we can't be doing this. Can't this isn't happening out? all day. It's not happening. I'm not dealing with it. You're not dealing with it. Um, yeah. And okay. I, I kind of, I'm on board with that. Once you, once you engage with the ball, you are standing over it. Your club face is behind it. Your two feet are perpendicular with where you want the golf ball to go. You are yeah. set. You are in position. Eight seconds at maximum. Yeah, I mean, but you don't much really like need, you know like, the pitch clock. Yeah, like like I don't know. Maybe maybe he knows something I don't. But the thing is, like, usually when people do that kind of stuff, they're like making like decent adjustments. He's going back to the same position every time. He had like on that video you sent me. He adjusts his foot like once. Yeah. It's not like he's adjusting his feet to get them in the right spot. He's literally just moving the club. And I, I don't understand. Like, I guess I guess he's getting a feel for the shot that he's about to hit or whatever. But you can't do that every time. I mean, like, for example, Jordan Spieth does the is, – I, I can't remember if it's Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas. But they do the little half turn, come back. But then he just – then he fires off. He does that the one mm-hmm. time. Does a little, little, little half swing. Looks at where he's going to be finishing. And then goes for it. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine to me. I understand that. I yeah. I too am a I waggle. I waggle, but I hit my I golf shot immediately. I'm not. I don't waggle. I'm not mostly because I'm scared I'm going to knock the ball off the tee. So the minute I step <laughs> up to that tee, it's just a swing. Well, I'm I'm ta- I'm talking about like when I'm in the uh, like uh, on my second shot, third shot, you know, stuff like that. I I take one practice swing. I do like. One maybe two waggles just to loosen the wrists up, and then I shoot, and that that that's it. The, when my club goes behind that ball, there's no such thing as a waggle or a wiggle no, or a practice that's swing. Fair. I'm not taking a chance. Yeah. Well, why? I mean, I don't trust myself. <laughs> why would I take a chance of moving where this club face is right now? If I do that, it's all over. <laughs> um, now, yeah, I could I could see that definitely being something that that's talked about moving forward. Obviously, we have the entire reshaping of professional golf as we know it coming up. So, yeah, that's probably something that might get brought up. But I think another another takeaway, you know, for at least Brian Harmon's win because of how dominant it was and nobody had a single chance. Um, John Rahm was asked about it and he said, quote, he won by six. So there's really nothing any of us could have done. Yeah. That's the world number two right now, acknowledging Brian Harmon's dominance. Where would you put that? And I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but, you know, just take the question for face value before you, you everybody starts yelling at me. Where would you rank this performance, right? 13 under at a major championship in tough weather, six shots better than the, the closest to you. Where do you put this in the, in the you know the the pantheon of major performances? You know, Tiger nineteen ninety seven. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, John Rom or not John Rom, uh, Dustin Johnson at the Masters. 
like where are you where are you ranking this performance in your mind amongst other incredible major performances is it is it, is it high on the list or is it kind of in the middle uh, i would say more in the middle i think there's definitely better performances not to take anything away from brian Harmon because this was an incredible performance by him all things considered uh one he's a lefty don't see lefties winning all that often on tour yeah. Um, yeah. I did see a, a tweet from uh, I hope I say his name right, Akshay Batia. I think that's how you say it. Oh yeah, he uh, won. Akshay he Batia, won. Yeah. The, he won the other tournament. Yeah, and he tweeted that it was cool that two lefties won. Um, that is so cool. it is cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's kind of in the middle for me. I just he's not a big enough name for it to be what it could be if that makes mm-hmm. sense which it probably right. doesn't like if we saw if we saw scotty scheffler do this we'd be like that's why he's world number one it just makes right. sense it's impressive at the it, same time like i said going into sunday the leaderboard was not stacked there was not really any of the big name golfers within striking distance mm-hmm. and we didn't even end the tournament with anyone within striking distance because six shots is so many yeah I think the problem is he didn't really like, I, I I think the problem is when it's such a big margin like this, it's so tough to remember them. Like we always remember the close ones. Mm. Like my most, my most like uh, vivid golf memory right now. I forget what tournament it was, but it was the one where Dustin Johnson and John Rahm were in a playoff and they both just kept draining like 30 foot putts. Oh, when like, that's my most that? vivid memory right now because it was so close and it was so fun to watch. And unfortunately, when there's such a sizable lead, it's just not quite as fun to watch. And you see that with any sport when baseball, when there's a huge run differential, it's not as fun to watch as you get in the later parts of the game. Football, if there's a huge differential in the scoring, basketball, especially like basketball is always more more tense when it's a three point game with 30 mm-hmm. seconds left. You know right. what I mean? And it's kind of the same with this, where it's a little bit easier to forget the sizable victories because it just seemed so easy. Yeah, the the tournament you're thinking of is the 2020 BMW Championship, where uh, DJ made a 45 footer and then John Rahm responded with a 66 footer to seal the win. Absolute madness! Um, but <laughs> like they were both just on it that day, and I loved watching that tournament. It was so fun. Yeah, and I and I was going to bring that up, and I'm glad you did. I, I completely agree with you. I think some of the most memorable golf matches, shots, tournaments are always when it's close. It's never when it's mm-hmm. this, this much of a, an incredible blowout. And I'm not taking anything away from it. It's, an, it's a great win for Brian Harmon. It's, it's an awesome win. He's a major winner. That's, yeah, that's it's a fantastic. major championship. There's nothing. And nothing he, did it in the most, yeah, he did it in the most relaxing way for him, humanly possible. Had no pressure whatsoever. As a fan, though. It was a little boring. It was because we knew what yeah. was going to happen. And mm-hmm. you look behind him. If he wasn't in the picture, you have a four man playoff. Yeah. There's four guys tied for second. You know, that would have been cool that if you're, ta- if, if you're telling me that on Sunday, we would have had a playoff between John Rom, Jason Day, Sepp Straka and Tom Kim. Sign me up for that. Cause that's just John Rom, like the giant against three davids just trying to try and chip away you know i'll take that any day of the week you know what i mean yeah um so yeah unfortunately we didn't get it brian Harmon does get his very relaxing win for him but i guess my last question on it is going to be were you a little bit bored a little bit right and that sucks it's a major and you want to you want to really enjoy the majors because you only get four per year yeah, but man, when you when he, when he had that lead since Friday and there had been no movement even close to it Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. The other tough thing, too, is the timing since it was across the what do people say across the lake, across the a, pond, across the pond, the pond, um, other body of water. Yeah, uh, the timing was weird. Like it was done by like two o'clock and. I always enjoy watching golf more when it's like prime time on Sunday night, finishing up like six right. o'clock. Right. So that was another thing too. Cause like we had a birthday party that we were at. I was running around doing stuff all morning. Like it just wasn't really like 
And I didn't feel like I needed to sit down and watch it because mm-hmm. he had a five stroke lead. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it was closer, I probably would have felt like, oh, let me cut, let me carve some time out this morning to make sure that I sit down and watch some of this. But didn't really know much of the names besides Brian Harmon. So I was like, I can I can come back to this later kind of thing. Right. Or I can watch the highlights after it's over. Yeah, it was yeah. almost like in the middle of the day, you just got the, the little update. It's like Brian Harmon uh, wins the Open Championship for his first major. And you're like, oh, I mean, yeah, we kind of saw that one coming yeah i mean i did i did watch it like i watched his last nine holes but it was like it wasn't the most exciting nine holes to watch right you know it's because all he had to do which is exactly what he he did was just not implode you look at it you look at his back nine he he bogeyed once and and birdied twice the rest were pars you know he's not doing anything groundbreaking he was just staying consistent enough to get his win which was which is a beautiful, which is a beautiful effort. So it's a beautiful thing to see when a guy can do that. Cause you know, ask Rory McIlroy, that's borderline impossible. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, Brian Harmon just kept his head down, kept working and knew what he had to do and did it perfectly. I mean, 271 ties the lowest score to win a major um, in golf history. Um, I, or not a major. Uh, the I think maybe just the open. Probably just the open. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 67, 65, 69, 70, only one round in the seventies and it was still one under. So that's, that's awesome for Brian Harmon. Uh, obviously congratulations on your win. Hey, maybe next time make it a little closer, make golf more exciting, Brian. How about it? Huh? Like in the Incredibles. Yeah. You know, make it, make it close, make it close, <laughs> make it close, make it close. You know, like you don't, you didn't have to do all that. You know, yeah. you could have, I don't know, maybe instead of birdieing twice on the back, maybe bogey the three times instead and make it, you know, a three shot uh, win. Yeah, that's at least a little bit closer, you know. Yeah, a little okay. exciting. Six is a bit egregious, Brian. Yeah. Don't you agree? I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead. Um, yeah, kind of going off, of, kind of going off of what we were talking about before to kind of pivot away from the Brian Harmon talk. Um, kind of going back to what we said before about it being memorable, right? It it's one of those things where I remember John Rahm's last putt more than I remember. Brian Harmon's last putt. Did you watch John Rahm's last putt? No. He was jacked up because his last putt was for birdie to get T2. He was in he was in third at the time. And his last putt was like a decent sized putt, like probably like 10 or 15 feet for birdie to get to minus seven and go T2. And he nailed it and he was jacked up about it. And I remember that more than I remember Brian Harmon's last putt, which is a problem. Um, the other thing. I mean, it's a hell of a putt. I'm, that's a hell I'm of just, putt. just watch it. I'm just the world's biggest Tom Kim fan at this point. That's the, that's the only other point I have to make. Because Dude. the man looked like a stud rocking yeah. the backwards hat on Sunday. Yeah. I, I and I'm saw so that happy happen. that he did that. I'm so it's, happy that he did that. It's so cool. It's so cool. And I love the fact that he just did it without like I like I can't I can't remember any like notable quotes or anything after the round after he did it. It's like nobody came up to him and made that a story for no reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, there were some old dudes on Twitter having an absolute conniption, sure. That's just gonna happen, right? Yeah. And the fact that none of the golf media went up to him and was like Backwards hat. What's that all about? You know, like, yeah, and obviously it's raining. Sometimes when it rains and your hat gets wet, it starts to drip. That can exactly. be distracting for a lot of dudes. OK, exactly. Turn the hat backwards. It's no longer a problem. It wasn't like he was making some sort of statement about how good at golf he is. Right. It, you know, yeah. it, it was he wasn't trying water. to be a cool guy, even though yeah. he looked like a stud. Like when he was trying to focus up and putt, there was water dripping from his hat. That can be distracting. So why not yeah. just take that out of the equation you know yeah but as a side note still badass love yeah. that he did oh, that he could have done that in a perfect day all sun no rain at all i would have loved i would have liked it even more i would have <laughs> loved it that's it was, it was cool it was cool and you know, tom kim's just exciting to watch man yeah this kid's gonna be a problem at the Ryder cup yeah he's gonna be a problem he is gonna be a problem um you know especially you know looking at a lot of the European guys that at least have recently started making some waves on the PGA tour. And I'm, I'm looking at Sepp Straka. I think he's a shoe in 
for the Ryder Cup. Yeah, he's been had, playing really well. He's had a year. You know, feel feel good for the Austrian. He's had he's had a hell of a year. Um, you know, I, I look, I'm not obviously I'm never gonna say the United States is gonna have a problem because they're not, they're gonna wipe the floor with them, but this could be close. This could this could be close. Um, but again, weird, dude. like we like we just said about Brian Harmon, we remember the close ones, right? So yeah. eventually when the red, white, and blue absolutely smear the floor with the arrows, I'm okay with it being close. I'm fine with that. That's yeah. fine with me. I'll sweat it out. I'll sweat it out. I don't care. Um, all right. To keep on moving forward. Uh, all right. It's the end of major season, Rick. We have reached it. The fourth major has concluded. That is it for uh, uh, most casual golfers at this point. They will not watch until the FedEx Cup finals. Yep. Um, so now that that has all happened, we are on the precipice of August what were some of your uh, favorite mem- or fondest memory, I would say, of the majors this year? Uh, I mean, I think I think it's to be expected uh, based on the things that I've talked about and things that I've made known that I like watching. Mm-hmm. It has to be the PGA. Yep. Um, Brooks Kepka just looked like a stud. Yeah, that was... Not done. That was definitely um I was close to being to being my favorite because that was just you haven't seen him play like that in so long. Yeah, he just looked like himself. And I know we had the whole thing with Liv and everything like that, but right. like it was still fun to see. And the fact that the guys behind him were Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland, that's a great top three. Yeah, the great top three. I would have been fine with any of them winning. The fact that Brooks won, I'm obviously happy about. Scotty would have been ecstatic about, and Victor, he's just too happy for me to be mad at him for winning. And yeah, um, right. so. <laughs> <laughs> and that it was such a cool thing to see. Though specifically those three names at the top, that's always good to see at a major. Just have your best players playing the best. Um. And then, man, just because of all that, that live PGA drama and all that stuff and seeing Bruce Kepa just come back and be like, no, no, I still got it. And yeah. I'm going to do it right now. And that was after already competing at the Masters. And I mean, competing, competing at the Masters, yeah. almost winning the whole damn thing. He yeah. took that, said, well, that just wasn't our major for this year. We'll just win one of the other four. That's that's badass. That is. Yeah. That is, that is drop your nuts on the table type of stuff right there. Um, um, because also, you, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, not that it has, has much to do with why I enjoyed that tournament so much, but are you aware that Sepp Straka was also T7 in that tournament? Right. So we got I, two top tens from Sepp Straka in majors year, this year. <laughs> My man's having a year. Let me see. Let That's me, a problem. Let me look at how the rest of his season's going. Because I, I feel like his name is popping up in a lot of top tens. He's gotten top 30 or better in every major. And two of those are top tens. All right. So the rest of the, the rest of his year hasn't been phenomenal. But yeah, it's it, it just it's the majors. I was heck? just curious because I saw it at seven, so I looked it up and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, uh, he also has the win at the John Deere, which we know about. So you know, yeah. that's that's all. That's always cool to to get a, a John Deere win because you, know, yeah. you get a free tractor, something like that. Probably, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> because you took the the pretty obvious one, which was Brooks Kepka's performance at the PGA. I'll uh, I'll take a different one, and you know, he didn't win, but watching him come alive and then eventually get his win a couple weeks later. I'm going to go with Ricky Fowler's run at the U.S. Open. That if that just because a he was making a run at Rory McIlroy, who is you know not American, so yeah, you want a U.S. guy to win the U.S. Open, right? And just watching him do it, and watching Ricky Fowler, who we've seen fail time and time again to live up to the expectations he was supposed to achieve, yeah. To watch him make that kind of run at a major and try to win his first major in his career when he was expected to be a a multiple time major winner by by age thirty, you know, um, that was that was cool to watch, and that was really when I felt like there's a chance that we see a Ricky Fowler win this year, which we which we did eventually get. So yeah. 
I'll say that was one of my fondest memories of, of a major this year. Cause that was just so much fun to watch, man. It was. That's fair. Um, all righty. And uh, if any of our, any of our listeners have uh, some of their favorite major memories, feel free to drop those in our, uh, in our DM boxes uh, at from the, uh, from the tips underscore pod on Instagram and at FGT underscore pod on Twitter. I think uh, you mean we'll... X. Oh, yeah, sorry. Is is it just X now or is that just the logo and it's still oh, called Twitter? I, they're going to call it like I think it's literally going to be called X. They haven't changed the logo or anything yet. But I'm that's pretty sure it's so literally dumb. just being called X. That's so dumb. I what that's what happens mean? when you have money. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I feel like when yeah, it comes to Elon Musk and Twitter. X. When it when it comes to Elon Musk and Twitter, it's like he forgets that he owns it for a couple of weeks. And then he goes, oh, shit, right. I can just I just do whatever I want, do what I want with this. And then he does something just outrageous for no reason at all. Just to really shake it up. You know, in fact, I heard on the radio today Ooh. about X. Oh, apparently. Did you know that Elon Musk was a co-founder of PayPal? I did not. He was a co-founder of PayPal. And I think it was one of the people that he co-founded it with. He had a website with them. Before that, that was like x.com or something like that. And so he just had that domain already and it's like, you want to know what? I don't know. I don't know. But apparently before he even bought Twitter, he Uh was already thinking about changing it to X. See, this is is what I'm talking about, because like, I, I feel like he just comes across these things and goes, oh, right, I can just do that i own it i forgot yeah i forgot about that i'm just gonna I, forgot I just it. own twitter I forgot you, about you know that. that's just he's on twitter he's scrolling through he's like this is kind of annoying right he's like oh wait i can i can just change this i just send off an email <laughs> somebody good. does this for me it's it's a beautiful thing being rich it really is uh i wish i knew hey guys we're just gonna take an aside here to hear from our partners first up is shankitgolf.com go ahead and visit their website they got all sorts of things for you they got golf towels golf polos stuff to mark your balls they got all sorts of hats they have everything that you're going to need to look your best on the golf course and feel your best on the golf course go ahead and at checkout use code ftt15 for 15 percent off your order you're not only helping yourself save money but you're helping us get a little bit of that scratch on the side so we can bring you the best content that we can again go ahead and check out shankitgolf.com for all your golf apparel needs if you haven't heard before dr john murray is now a titleist performance expert that's right he is someone who can help improve your body's swing connection his medical background plus his titleist certification can help you improve your golf game however you want you want to have less pain dr murray can help you want to create longevity in your career he can help. Sick of getting out driven by your buddies? He can do that too. Check out Dr. John Murray at jmurraytpi on Instagram or reach out to him via email at jmurraytpi at gmail.com. Once again, that's jmurraytpi and jmurraytpi at gmail.com. I've already gone to him for my first screening. It went so well. I really felt like we identified some of the negative portions of my golf swing. I've already started doing my stretches to improve my golf game, and I'm interested to see how that translates into my second session. Go ahead and check him out on those platforms I listed already. He's he's great. He's great at what he does. Uh, all right, back to the episode. Um, all righty, Rick. It has come to that time of the episode. It's our time. It's Bruce's time to shine. Bruce. No, I should have had that popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> we are no longer talking about professional golfers, but we are talking about absolute hacks, less than amateurs, a uh, hundred plus scores every single time. And we're happy about it. Damn it. The hack across America golf trip, golf tour, whatever you want to call it. It is a Ryder cup format. So the way it goes is Friday. We, uh, we play straight up. It's just uh single scores and uh, you and your partners, single scores get added up. And you have to beat the other set of two on the other side. Saturday is Stapleford. So it is, uh, it's a modified Stapleford because we're terrible. Um, so a bogey does get you one point. A par gets you two. A birdie gets you four. An eagle gets you eight. An albatross gets you 16, et cetera, et cetera. What does the um, hole in one get you? I, I, that would be considered an albatross, so I believe 16. Oh, damn. Okay. So, but a hole in one gets you 16 points. I mean... Some teams don't even reach double digits on Stableford Day. So, you know, if that's your goal, buddy. You go 
right for it. I okay? feel like a whole one should be more. You would think, but it's technically an albatross. Yeah, unless you do it, unless you do it on a par. F- no, no, par it's it's an it's on a par three. It's an eagle, so it would only be eight. Yeah, on a par four, a eagle on a par four, I guess. On a, on a par, a par four, you're getting sixteen. That's crazy. I don't know, man. Sixteen points is a lot. Either way, we're 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 daydreaming at this point. Um, and then on Sunday it is scramble day. You and a partner, best score that you two can pull off in a best ball, and you got to beat the other team. So it is Ryder Cup format: team versus team, um, golf golf uh, pair versus golf pair. Uh, and Rick and I are on Team Disney, which I happen to be the captain of, uh, due to some uh, unfortunate circumstances for everybody that has to be involved on my team. Um, but we're here. We're going to have a good time. But, hey, let's talk about it. We talked about the format. Now let's get into what our goals are as golfers, man, just as as two guys trying to score well and, you know, put up some some golf scores. What is what is your main goal on the golf trip there, Rick? And you can you can talk about day specific goal or just uh, in general. Um, I don't have any day specific goals necessarily. My main goal is top ten. Ooh, I love it. I love That's my it. main goal. I know I, like I know there's a lot of really good scorers, and I'm pretty average, but I think if I have a pretty good weekend, and my experience helps me a little bit. I might be able to squeak out a top 10. I think you will too. I, and and here's why, because I think, you know, maybe yeah, just because you haven't seen the numbers next to each other yet at the, at the end of a, at the end of a trip, but usually the top three are probably going to be pretty solidified, right? Yeah. There, there are three guys that are constantly shooting the eighties that are pretty solidified aware that they're going to be battling for, for the top three. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. From four to like 12 or 13, it is, incredibly tight i mean from four to 13 it could be like four or five shots Uh and if you think about it that's just maybe one less three putt each day and you find yourself from bottom of the leaderboard to middle of the top 10 in a a totally different world of consideration you know what i mean yeah so like i think i think maybe a that's a perfect goal but b fuck it shoot for top five dude be that I, see, guy. Top five, top five is is an unreasonable goal based on how often I get out to play. I think top ten is an attainable but lofty goal at the sure. same time. Like sure. it's not something that's like a lock because there's what 20, 20 how many? Twenty. There's, there's going to be twenty. There right. is exactly twenty. Exactly okay. twenty. Yep. So I think that's a reasonable goal for me to get to because I think, like I said, depending on how I play, I could squeak into the top 10 and with it being my first trip and my first actually this is going to be my first time ever playing three days of golf in a row right there's 18 holes so if i can squeeze out a top 10 i'll be happy with that i think that's a completely attainable goal uh without a doubt in my mind especially because you've already you've already played in florida which we're going to talk about in a little bit here um so you kind of know how that grass is going to is going to interact um you know most of us i would say a majority of us have not played in florida we're going to have no idea what's happening. You know, yeah, the Bermuda grass is a totally different animal. Thankfully, I have, I think, the second most experience playing Florida. Definitely the second most experience playing Disney. <clears throat> so hopefully that helps me out. I, there's yeah. one non-Disney course, and that's the only one that kind of has me nervous because I don't know what to expect from it. Yeah, but then again, neither do any of us, right? So you're just you're yeah. just on the same page as everybody at that point. Yeah. Which, you know, that's why I think that's a completely attainable goal, if not, you know, I think you could overachieve that goal. I think there's definitely a chance of that. Um, for me, my my goal, and this this could just be absolutely unattainable, which uh, I'm I'm assuming it probably is going to be. But I, you know, I I just really feel like I want to strive for it. I want to have only I want to have only one day where I shoot over one ten. I want that to only happen okay. once. Now I don't know how achievable that is considering these are going to be very long, very tough courses, which I am famously not a long hitter and I've never played in Florida. You know, I really, I, I truly anticipate the wheels to fall off this wagon, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm, I'm truly anticipating everybody going and he got captain how, and I'm going to, I'm going to respond with 
It was in the northeast of the United States, and it was in Maine, okay? And I got lucky because a bunch of people couldn't make this trip, okay? The the way I became okay. captain was not earned, folks, right? It just fell into my lap, and I got to have some fun with it, which I did, uh, and, and I'm going to. But I, th- I feel like it's attainable. I think I could do it because, you know, like a, a 108, 112, 108, I'm fine with, right? That's probably going to land me somewhere from 8 to 15. I'm all right with that. I'm okay with that. Biggest thing is just hit them straight, especially on the Disney courses. Uh, that's the one piece of advice I will give. Uh, Palm especially. I think we're playing Palm, right? Yeah. Yeah, Palm especially. Hitting it straight is huge on that one. There's a lot of places that'll get you in a lot of trouble. You know what's going to kill me is is the par threes. I have this entire season, I have not been able to shoot well on par threes i'm picking up for double par a lot on par threes and that's just a lot of extra strokes that i don't need to be earning myself um so i think that's got to be a main focus of mine too is just to score better on par threes it's been a brutal ride on par threes this year so for what me, uh what distances better. have you been playing it's really not the, it's not the distances it just it feels like every time i step up to a par three tee box I'm shanking it, whether, you know, it's a pitching wedge or whether it's a seven iron, I'm, I'm shanking okay. it left. I'm shanking it right. I just cannot find the middle, but then, but then I shoot my irons on the, on the fairway or the rough or not on a tee box and I'm fine. Uh, right. So I, I, to me, I think it's probably just a, just a case of, of a, I'm a mental head case. And I just, I get up to a tee box and just cannot calm myself down for a shot, you know? Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So I, it really, I think it's, it's, it's less, what club is in my hand and more. I know it's a par three. I know what T box I'm in. I'm nervous now because I know that I, I have not been shooting well on that. Uh-huh. So what I'm thinking is though, maybe my mindset gets a little shaken and changed uh, when I, I'm playing a different state, right? These are golf courses I've never seen. These are golf courses. Yeah. I'll probably never play again. They're gorgeous, right? I'm in a, I'm in a beautiful state of Florida. Maybe, maybe it just changes this year. Who knows? Uh, yeah, or you know, it's the heat stroke that I, I wind up happening. You know, um, that's but, where I, that's another spot I plan to get a major advantage in. Yeah, yeah, is not drinking. Not while drinking. Right You're smart. <laughs> You're smart. You're smart. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna really do my best to not drink during the golf rounds due to the heat. Uh-huh. Right? Uh huh. Right. I will be drinking after the golf round. That that is going to be happening. So I will have to be recovering from a hangover for two of the rounds. Uh huh. I can I can go into Friday now. No, I really can't. <laughs> no, I'm gonna be drunk. Now I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink Thursday. That's just gonna happen. Um, I'm gonna be battling hangovers, right? So like, and a lot of us, a lot of us on the trip yeah. are gonna be just fighting back demons <laughs> on the first tee box. And Rick's gonna be like, "What? Did nobody else get eight hours of sleep? No? <laughs> Did you drink water? I drank water. Now I'm good. Thanks. Drank a lot of water. <laughs> Actually, I gotta go take a piss right now. <laughs> I'll be Actually, right I've, I haven't stopped peeing since we got here. I've been drinking so much water. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be another major advantage that, that you have. Um, I mean, that, that's pretty much the extent of my, of my goals, really. I, I, I think another goal that I'm going to have, and this is, you know, really anybody that's golfed with me or knows me competitively, um, understands about me is I am way too hard on myself. Like I'm hard on myself to the point where like my brain has these expectations that I should be some sort of athlete. I'm just not. Right. That's just that's just not the reality. OK, I I have coordination, which is great. I have hand eye coordination. That's all fine and dandy, but I'm not an athlete. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I really just got to lower my personal um, expectations on myself and just uh-huh. have a good time. Like it's something I struggle with mightily all the time when I'm golfing, too. I could just be having a casual round with a friend or family or something. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just in my head and I can't get out of it. So that's going to be something that I'm going to have to, uh, you know, figure out, get through, you know? Yeah. That's just, uh, that's one of those, that's one of those continuous goals for me though. I wouldn't consider that a, uh, golf you trip. Specific. Specific. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. But Rick on a scale, scale one to 10. What's your excitement level right now, man? I'm very excited. I, I'm going to Disney, first of all, hey, which is enough right. for me. Uh, I'm golfing at Disney, which is icing on top of the cake. And it's my first time going on a golf trip, which is just the cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake. 
Yeah, so dude, trifecta. I'm very excited. Okay. I'm very excited. I also do have a trip right afterwards where we're staying in Disney with Gina's whole family. So, and I haven't had a vacation in like I don't know how long. Feels like it's been years. Yeah, you deserve so, one, dude. <laughs> I'm jacked up <laughs> it's been about a while. it. Uh, I'm jacked up about it. I'm ready to go. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hopefully have a good time. If I can shoot like I did the last time I played down there, uh when I was playing with uh Gina and our friend Abner, I'll be ecstatic. But I'm trying to manage expectations. Right, right. Because when I don't manage my expectations is when I play like shit. So that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that'll that'll that can happen sometimes. But uh yeah, I mean, I wake up in the morning shaking. I'm I'm so excited. Like I'm 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 sweating constantly. I just I'm <laughs> I'm so ready to be in Florida, getting ready to golf every day. You know, try, just having a blast and just being around some fun people, dude. I think that's going to be the best part. And um, unfortunately, my vacation it doesn't get extended, but. I'm fine with that, right? I am okay with that. Yeah. It's awesome that yours does, uh, but dude, I'm just oh, I am can't wait. It's all, it's all I can think about. I mean, it's, it's the only thing I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, it's constantly. It's, it, like I said at the beginning of the episode, it just makes work impossible. It's, it's real brutal. I'm it trying not brutal. to pack, right? Yet, because I need something to do. As it gets closer, I can't just sit at because Gina's going away for work for the next few days. I can't just sit in my house and think about how I'm going on vacation because then it's just going to go even slower. So I need something to do. So I'm trying to I have my golf bag packed, which is good, but I don't have any of my clothes or anything packed yet. Right. So Ellie and and I's golf bags have uh, arrived there at the Magnolia course as we speak, just waiting on us um, patiently, I'm assuming. And um I'm not going to lie to you. I already have the golf fits um, nicely hung up in the closet. Oh, there you just go. Just waiting to get packed away gently. Um, as far as the rest of packing is concerned, like casual clothing, sleep clothes, socks, oh. underwear, et cetera. Nah, not even. Haven't even. Honestly, you just reminded me that's something I should probably start thinking about. <laughs> I'm really bad at packing. It's, it's, it's actually horrendous. But at the same time, I'm actually like, I'm also good at it because really. I could pack for a seven day trip with one backpack. Yeah, same. I'm really good at fo- like folding things small. I think that's that's one of my talents is just making a lot of things very small so they can fit. And yeah. then also, I'm really good at assuming my backpack can fit more than it can. So by the time I'm at the airport, I'm carrying 40 pounds on my back and my backpack's about to burst open at the seams. You can see everything on the inside because it's skin tight. <laughs> You're like, oh well, there's his his laptop. You can see that clear as day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be good. Um but man, and get excited for some content, folks, because you know, Rick and I aren't gonna be shy about the 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 filming bit. We're not gonna we're not gonna shy away from doing any of that stuff. So um get excited about that. We'll I'm bringing my camera. Yeah, you know, Rick's bringing his camera. Um, we got interviews coming for you. Right. Well, um, and, and day one, Rick and I are going to be golfing together. So that that's going to bring some extra content, obviously. But mm-hmm. just stay tuned for the entire weekend. Stay tuned on the Twitter, the Instagram. We'll be posting stuff. Uh, we'll be posting obvious, you know, obvious updates, especially on Twitter about how the entire tournament is going. Right. Um, you know, just for all of our friends and family to be able to retweet, like, et cetera, et cetera. And for you guys to follow along. So. The A is going to be one hell of a weekend. Stay tuned for that. The uh, Like we said before, the episode uh, for next week is going to mostly consist of interviews that we got during the trip with other golfers. Uh, it's going to be about the trip, pretty much the whole thing. Uh, no offense to the 3M Open, but we're just not going to be watching it. No, that's just that's just how it's going to go. Um, so if, if you're looking for PGA content, next week's not going to be for you. But if you're just looking for fun golf content, then next week's episode is going to be awesome. Uh, Rick's going to still be on vacation, so I'll do a little intro. It'll be a bunch of interviews back to back to back, and and then it'll be the outro. It'll be a nice, quick episode, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So stay oh, tuned yeah. for that. Uh, Rick, unless you have any other golf news, that's going to do it. Nah, let's go to let's go to the golf trip. Let's, let's go to now. the golf trip. Let's absolutely do it. Why? <laughs> why not? Right? Why are we even bothering 
Um, why are we even bothering waiting long enough? Let's yeah. just let's just fucking do it. Why yeah. why are we why are we still here? Rick, why are you still here? Pack pack your things, Rick. Rick we I'm go. on my Rick. way. I'm already on my way no, to the no, airport. No. This is just a cardboard <laughs> cutout. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't my this is my my body at all. This is just a cardboard. I'm cut. actually FaceTiming you right now. <laughs> I'm I'm on the flight. I, I've actually perfected uh, <laughs> sentience and other beings. Um, anyways, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We appreciate it so, so, so much that you guys keep listening. Um, we'll appreciate it even more if you guys go ahead and hit follow on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram from the tips underscore pod and Twitter FTT underscore pod. If you want to see the action from the golf trip that we won't shut up about, you got to follow us on there, folks. That's just the yep. best way to get the content that we're going to provide for you. Um, and, you know, also go ahead and, you know, rate this podcast on Spotify, Apple Music or Apple uh, Podcasts, I guess it is. Give us a good rating. Give us some comment. Why not? Right. It, it, especially yeah, if you like it. us. Uh, but we always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Go ahead and follow us on those two socials. And a week. Thanks, guys. See you later.